0: everybody, happy Wicked Wednesday and welcome to Shivers. Today we're talking about the folklore of Christmas. And I'm doing a longer presentation tonight over Zoom that is free. So if you want to learn more about the folklore of Christmas, just hop on to that. But in the meantime, we'll cover the gist. So, Christmas in the past was known as Saturnalia, which was held in mid-December and is an ancient Roman pagan festival honoring the agricultural god Saturn. It was a week-long lawless celebration held between December 17th and the 25th where no one could be prosecuted for killing, raping, theft, anything usually against the law. Because of when the holiday occurred near the winter solstice, Saturnalia celebrations became the source of many of the traditions we now associate with Christmas, such as wreaths, candles, and feasting. Saturnalia was officially banished as a holiday and absorbed into Christmas in 336 AD by Pope Julius I to honor both Jesus and Saturn in one holiday. In terms of gift-giving from Saturnalia, schools were closed and criminals were allowed to run rampant and the wealthy were encouraged to give gifts to the poor in order to avoid robbery. The idea of going down the chimney. In Scottish and English legend, they tell of a tale of helpful household spirit that enters and exits homes at night through the chimney. In the Middle Ages, witches were also thought to pass into the homes through the chimney. In Greece, goblins were known to crawl into homes through the chimney and terrorize the families within. And in America, goblins slipped down chimneys and rewarded good children with oranges and punished naughty ones with a whip. These goblins would watch the families throughout the year and make their judgments on solstice. Thus, the tradition of good or bad news, floating down a chimney, stuck onto Santa. For Christmas trees, this is probably one of the most known ideas behind sort of folklore of Christmas, but it roots all the way back to the Egyptians, who would fill their homes with green plants to remind the sun to shine once more and bring fruitfulness to the harvest. The Celts decorated their Druid temples with evergreen boughs, which signified everlasting life. The tree decorating we see today has roots in paganism, where the pagans would bring a wooden tree into the house to keep the earth spirits warm during the cold months. They would hang food and treats from the branches for a spirit to eat, and bells for spirits to chime and show appreciation to the tree owner. A five-pointed star or a pentagon was usually placed on the top of a tree to represent all five elements, earth, air, fire, water, and space. For hanging stockings, in the early 1800s, people would hang their socks and stockings over the fireplace to dry. One night on Christmas Eve, it said that Saint Nick came down the chimney and dropped pieces of gold on his way, being placed into the stockings as he climbed out. Since then, people of all ages have been hanging stockings for Saint Nick in hope that he'll slip in some gold for Christmas caroling. After doing a lot of research, this is, I think, what surprises me the most. <laughs> But carolers were traditionally poor or homeless townsfolk, targeting houses that seemed to have a lot of food. People would distract the owners and sing to them, while other members of the group would break into the homes and steal. Don't answer the door for Christmas carolers. For the mistletoe, the mistletoe is considered to be a highly sacred plant involved in several pagan rituals. In the Roman world, mistletoe honored the god Saturn. To keep them happy, they would perform fertility rituals underneath sprigs of mistletoe. In the world of the druids, mistletoe symbolizes peace and joy. In times of war, if enemies were to meet underneath woodland mistletoe, then they would drop their weapons and form a truce until the next day. Basically, plant of peace. The idea of red and green. Holly plants were the major plants for the season, and the Celts believed that the holly plant brought rebirth and renewal, into any places that housed the plant. Thus, people began decorating their homes with holly, decking the halls, and red and green items to simulate the plant. Moving on to elves. In Scandinavian and Germanic folklore, Yule lads or elves, were gnomes with magical powers to protect homes from evil spirits during the solstice time. They also used their magical powers to pull pranks on bad people, such as giving them hiccups and bad dreams. It was also believed that if you placed a bowl of porridge in front of your door at night, you'd avoid being the victim of the elf's pranks, hence the tradition of leaving food out on Christmas Eve, since Santa himself is also technically an elf. They visit homes from December 12th to the 24th to leave presents and play pranks, hence the 12 days of Christmas. In Iceland today, they believe in 13 yule lads that still rule their holiday season. Each yule lad has its own personal prank, which is represented by each of their names. Many festivals in Iceland show photos and craft snowmen in the shape of the yule lads to honor their tradition. If you look them up just on Google, they're really cute. For Santa. So Santa, Saint Nick, we've heard of both. Saint Nicholas was an actual living person. He was a monk who traveled from town to town, dispersing his wealth to children and those in need. After his death, the townsfolk honored and celebrated him on December 6th each year by giving gifts and toys to celebration in his name. In 1770, a Dutch family immigrated to America and brought their celebratory traditions with them in a wood carving of St. Nicholas as a round, white-haired man, spreading Sinterklaas, St. Nicholas in Dutch, translated directly to English as Santa Claus, to Americans. In 1822, The well-known tale, "'Twas the Night Before Christmas," was written, giving giving magical powers to the Santa figure, flying with reindeer and going down the chimney. In 1840, the first commercialized Santa was created and displayed at a shopping mall in Philadelphia, bringing people from all over to see the character while also being encouraged to do some shopping. It wasn't until 1940 that the story of Rudolph was born, taking the story of reindeer and accounting for a need for light. Thus, Christmas we know today was truly born, and what we've all been waiting for, Krampus. (laughs) I have a sign outside of my house that is Merry Krampus. You don't necessarily want to celebrate Krampus, but it brings some spookiness to the season. So, St. Nicholas was said to have a counterpart, a creature named Krampus, a half-man, half-goat creature whose lore was born in Austria as the result of a paganistic practice on the solstice, bringing him to earth from hell. On the night of December 5th, the day before Santa or St. Nick's Day, good children would receive presents from St. Nick and bad children would get snatched by Krampus, waking on December 6th to find goodies or find themselves in hell. In Austria, Krampusnacht was born the night where parents would dress as Krampus to scare their children into behaving. This custom still exists today in Austria and Germany, and Americans did not become aware of it until the early 2000s, in 2004. They also have a celebration called Loft, which is sometimes the same day, sometimes a totally different event, where a bunch of adults will dress like Krampus and they'll hold a parade. And any child who crosses the threshold between the crowd and the parade will then get chased by Krampus. So Krampus Loft translates to a Krampus run, which is actually kind of scary if you look it up. (laughs) So kind of wrapping things up, some of the religious holiday celebrations that we equated from back then to now, the Celts and the Druids, they celebrate Yule and Yule time. It's more so of a winter solstice celebration, winter solstice being tomorrow, 21st. The pagans celebrated both Yule and Christmas and of course gave us a lot of the traditions that we have today. The Scottish, they celebrate Christmas mostly in the same way that we do. They believe in Father Christmas more so than they do of Saint Nicholas, of Father Christmas being this more magical creature that was never really a human. And instead of baking cookies, the Scottish will make mince pies for Father Christmas. And the Puritans, they previously believed in tide, but they banned it. So really anybody in the Puritan belief never celebrated Christmas, never celebrated Yule, nothing like that. Even though they're big celebrators of Halloween. Very interesting. But that wraps up our talk today on the folklore of Christmas. Hope you enjoyed. Please check out the Shivers Meetup page for all events, especially new events going into 2024. If you have any recommendations on things you'd like to hear people like have on here, please let me know if you are also doing some last minute shopping either for yourself or for anybody that you like to buy gifts for please check out my book burn her down available on Amazon and send me a message if you're interested. Thanks.